Welcome to Local Ventures, a podcast where you get an inside look into local businesses in the greater Boston area with financial advisor, Ariel D'Angelo. Ariel sits down with local entrepreneurs and professionals to discuss their businesses, what's worked, what hasn't, and how they made it happen, and their favorite local spots. And now, here's your host, Ariel D'Angelo. Kathy Fritz is a board-certified master hormone coach who guides women in premenopause and menopause to get rid of weight gain, hot flashes, sleep, and hormonal issues so they can feel like themselves again, regain their energy, and lead a longer, healthier life. Her clients lose weight, rediscover their energy, feel sexy, and stop thinking they're losing their minds. Kathy's background in education gives her the expertise to individualize material so her clients can go from where they are to where they want to be. Good morning and welcome to Local Ventures. I am so excited to have Kathy with us here this morning. I'm excited to be here with you. (laughs) Um, Well, first, I'd just like to start off. um, Kathy, would you just like to give us an overview of Kathy Fritz Coaching and what that looks like and who you serve? Sure. Uh, So I coach women in perimenopause and menopause to get rid of those hormonal symptoms that are really wreaking havoc in their lives. And every woman's hormonal landscape's a little different. So for some women, it might be weight gain, hot flashes, insomnia. Those are probably the three most popular. Um, But for other women, it's hair loss or hair growth on an area they don't want it. Or it could be um, really bad PMS. Um, Or it might look like their nails are brittle and their skin is super dry. Um, or their vaginal elasticity has just gone to pot. Whatever the hormonal symptoms are, we address them using food movement and lifestyle habit changes. That's amazing. And for those of us that just aren't as familiar, um, I think everybody should, I think, know what menopause is. But would you kind of like to give us your definition of perimenopause and even menopause, what that looks like for those that haven't, you know, cracked that book open or that stage of life yet? Sorry, you'd like me to geek out? Sure, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So actually, I I do think there's a lot of misinformation out there on those two terms. So I'm so glad you asked that, Ariel. So perimenopause is the time leading up to menopause. Menopause is when you have not had a period for 12 months. It's actually just one day. Once you've hit menopause, you're really post-menopausal. But generally in a you know societal way, we kind of refer to that day and beyond as I'm in menopause. Um, so that's a clarification, not essential to understanding the topic. But I do like to always say there's one day that's actually menopause. And if, if you're a woman and um, you're headed in that direction, I want to encourage you to have a celebration when you reach that milestone um, because it is actually an exciting day. Yes, there there's baggage that can come with it but i plan on having a menopause party and i plan on inviting my girlfriends and so i just encourage everyone to do that um, i have to go to buy the uh buy tampons and pads anymore uh right that's a data to throw some confetti in the air right for sure um so to just come back to what perimenopause is um there's actually six stages of perimenopause and menopause And the kind of fun way to think of perimenopause is that it's second puberty. So first puberty leads us up to our first menstrual cycle, right? It takes years, it's gradual, 
Same with perimenopause. It takes years to get to our last period. It's gradual. Um, and so in the same way that our hormones were kicking up in puberty, our hormones are decreasing in second puberty. So there's a shift in our estrogen and progesterone production during perimenopause that is normal. The problem is for some women, it creates very common, but not normal, symptoms that are life interruptive. Okay, that is also another, add that to the list of joys of being a woman. Um, and the scary list of the uh, effects and as you said very common effects that kind of go hand in hand of that um i myself when i got in my accident i had damaged my pituitary gland and so i as i'm going through this horrible recovery <laughs> from my spinal cord injury i'm also experiencing all these insane hormone changes where and hormone effects and literally my hair fell out it was insane i was like what is going on um, and it, it was just absolutely bananas and it even resulting in, um, I mean, I had cystic acne for the first time in my life. I never wow. even had that as a kid. I had yeah. to go, I was, you know, I was going to Derm Wellesley. I was trying to figure out, uh, they were blown away cause they're like, you've never had this. And then once they found out everything that happened, they're like, all right. And, you know, having to go through that as an adult and an adult in a, a recovery from an accident was sucked <laughs> well it's just adding insult to injury literally, literally yeah so uh, i and it's I, unfair yeah so even though i haven't gotten to that stage where i'm in perimenopause or menopause or postmenopause, i guess um i kind of feel like i got this horrible glimpse into what that's gonna look like or just what going through some of those hormonal changes um can look like so how do you coach i mean i of course you mentioned some dietary some movement and some lifestyle like how if somebody is kind of starting to experience these things when do they get started working with you? And then what is that what does that coaching program look like? Well, women don't come to me because things are going well. <laughs> My clients are all suffering, and I use that word intentionally. They really are suffering. And they're they tend to be suffering physically, but also emotionally, mentally, spiritually too. There's other stuff happening. So um, you know, they might not be getting any sleep, this physical experience, and that's really impacting their mood um, and their brain fog and how they're feeling about themselves. And um, so it, it is this dynamic of uh, interconnectivity happening for my clients when they come to see me. So as much as I encourage women, you know, don't wait, it's amazing what women can tolerate because we're so used to putting ourselves last. We're lowest on the totem pole. We're, we're like, yeah, this really is a bummer, but I can I can power through. I can deal with this. And that's a little bit of society's messaging to us as well. Like, oh, well, this is just what this time of life is like. So you just have to power through. Um, and that's incredibly harmful messaging. And in fact, it can lead to more concerning things than a hormonal imbalance. You know, that's where uh, chronic illness can set in because we've been tolerating something we really shouldn't be for that long. Um, so my clients are suffering when they come to me and I always hold about a half hour to an hour free session with them because I just want to hear more. And it's amazing how open women are in this session. And I always say, look, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions and you can always tell me, no, Kathy, I, I don't want to answer that. I have never been told that. <laughs> You know why? 
because women want someone to listen to them about what they know to be true about themselves, what they know is going on in their bodies that has been, it's just not getting validated anywhere else. They just want a little bit of validation. Um, and so often, you know, women will be feel pretty deep emotions during our call. Um, they might get a little teary. They might get a little angry because they are finally getting a release, an opportunity to talk to somebody who is knowledgeable, yes, and who genuinely is interested in what's going on in their lives and what their experience is. And it's um, not exactly table talk. It's not exactly. No, it is probably yeah. a lot of burning questions or commentary and thoughts that these women have been holding on to. And it's not like they can just casually be at the table with their spouse um, or their friends over a glass of wine and be like, hey, let's just talk about my vaginal elasticity and this weird hair that's growing on my chin, guys. So right? it's it's I think there is just this cultural bit of a faux pas about so many of these things. It's creating that safe space where it's like, all right, all those things, thoughts, questions that have been clunking around in there, they finally have a channel and a forum to emotionally, you know, dump, vomit, whatever on you. <laughs> um, well, you're right, Ariel, about the cultural piece of, you know, where you just need to power through. I think there's also some fear, even with our closest friends to say, hey, my libido's in the toilet. I don't want to be intimate with my partner. Anyone else? Because if nobody says, yes, me too, then we feel like something's wrong with us. And that makes everything worse. So one of the things that I repeat every time I do this free session is I hear that all the time. You are not alone in this experience. I know we're not talking about it openly, but I'm talking about it openly here and you can talk about it openly with me and I will not judge you. Um, this is a good time to mention I am board certified, which means I am bound by HIPAA. So the privacy piece, I think some women find really soothing. Absolutely. Um, so at the end of that uh, free session, we decide if this feels like a good fit. And it's not just about can I help a woman? It's are we an energetic good fit? Is my style um, going to go well with what she knows about herself? And there are women who say like, wow, you're amazing. And um, I love what you're saying. But what, you know, when I explain what the program is, they say, I, I just know myself and I know I'm not ready for that. Um, because there's this whole science of habit change. And I won't get into a lot of detail about it um, because then people will stop listening. But let me just say that certain things were ready to change and certain things are not. And it doesn't mean we'll never be ready, but we're not ready now. And I tell women, unless you're ready to make some changes now, we shouldn't begin the work. You don't have to be ready to make all the changes now part of our work can be getting you to that place of preparation so we can get to action. Um, but we don't want to engage in a coaching relationship if you're not ready at all. If you're totally like, this sounds great, but like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Absolutely. It's to be that match. 100%. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, like we deal with that all the time. We're like, if you're not actually going to implement or execute the recommendations and the, the financial plan that we're putting together for you, it's just a waste of your of our time as is, is, is a much of yours. So um, I couldn't agree more. And, and when you're kind of putting together some of these recommendations and plan and implementing, what are some of those changes look like? 
So uh, right now I'm just working one-to-one with women. And so it's incredibly customized, whatever it is um, that we're doing. So some women want to start in food. Some women want to start in work-life balance, whatever. And they always know intuitively where they need to begin. And it's not always where I think we're going to start, but I let them lead the way. And that is why it works because it is coming from them. And so um, to just be more specific, you know, in the food pillar, sometimes that looks like taking a break from food, which is really different from an elimination diet, from giving it up forever, right? I'm not about that. I'm about understanding your body. And as we continue along midlife, our food sensitivities can increase and can change. So something that really wasn't an issue for us suddenly our system's having a hard time processing and suddenly we're having symptoms like cystic acne and we have to identify why. Um, Another example would be, you know, in the sleep category. So if you're not sleeping, you're not going to achieve hormonal balance. Like it's just impossible. So that tends to be a beginning issue that we have to get into if the woman, you know, tells me, yeah, I, I wake up multiple times, I can't fall back asleep. And so we figure out, okay, what habit changes before bed can we implement? What supplements might help with um, getting that full night's sleep? You know, what else um, is going on with the stress management piece? What are you thinking about when you're waking up? All that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of my asking curiosity question to better understand this woman and her experience. And then looking at my box of tools and saying, hey, which sounds good to you? I love that too, because like, I can't <laughs> tell you how many times I've been, people are like, you really need to meditate. You really need to meditate. <laughs> oh my God. Like I get where you're coming from, <laughs> but my meditation is in the woods. Like I'm walking with my dogs. I'm in the Golden. woods. I'm a comp- Nobody is with me. And that to me is everything. Like even this morning, just geeking out on the owl that hoots at me and I always like like I follow and make note of like which area he's hanging out in and um, so to me it just looks different for each person so I think truly embracing that women are so different and where we're each gonna what will resonate with each of us um, it's not prescriptive and for my own beginnings of research in this uh, which is barely scratching the surface (laughs) But for my own somewhat research into these different things, what I found really interesting is that men are in this, men and women are both in a diurnal cycle, this 24 hour. And then women also on top of that have this infradian rhythm, which is this 28 week cycle and how we are more uh, better suited to do different things during different times. So while so much of this research on food, on fitness, on all this, it's all based off of the use and even medically, like for medical testing, for Anyways, it's all done typically on men. Mm-hmm. And even I think since the 1990s, they were pushing for to get more women in these stu- involved in these studies and to see how it affected women differently. And they don't do it. And it's like, we are genuinely different creatures. <laughs> we are. Yes, we are um, not tiny men. No. <laughs> and our um, our bodies are just built so much differently. Like We're able to just withstand so much more. We literally create life for crying out loud. <laughs> we are just on another it's just different. And so if you're not in so many of the recommendations for exercising and for diet and for 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 all these different things, it's so just prescriptive and it is on that just 
every day just do that like this and we don't it doesn't work like that for us <laughs> and it does not and then we feel like why are we failing or why is this not working for me what's going on what's wrong with me all these different questions are asking and um i just think it's so awesome to focus and finally have some research um i know you've done so much and certifications and education as to understanding how that affects women specifically different. So what has been, what were some of the most surprising things that you've learned along your educational journey in this vein? So that's a great question. And it kind of goes with what you were saying. Not only is the research out there mostly on men, when they do research with women, they don't separate us into bodies that are working to reproduce, whether or not we're actually trying to get pregnant. The body is working on that. And bodies who are moving away from reproduction, the perimenopausal body or the menopausal body who is not trying to reproduce at all um, because different things will impact those bodies differently. So one of the like biggest myths that I deal with is the calories in, calories out methodology and that is absolutely something that works for men it does not work for midlife women and if you try to follow that methodology you're going to stress your body out and actually gain weight instead of lose it um so that was one that you know really hit home for me because i see it so often this belief that that's what i should do um a very trendy uh I, guess, I just have to uh, pause there. Like, oh, how many ahead. women are just on their knees thanking you for that realization <laughs> or epiphany? Like, how many women are just like breaking down and being like, oh my God, thank you? Well, I, I am very invested in putting a spotlight on these myths, explaining why they don't work in the midlife body, and explaining what does. Um, and I'm not a big. I'm not a big number tracker. I don't believe that you have to have a food journal for the rest of your life. There are other ways to approach your body, especially your relationship with food that is health and hormone supportive and will drive you crazy. Because I don't know about you, but weighing and measuring every single thing that I put into me would drive me crazy. Oh my God. I literally, this is why I can't do 90% of this. Like, oh, what are your macros? I'm like, when I have five minutes to eat, I don't know what else it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think too, like, you know, women, we're taking care of our other, we're taking care of others, okay. we're taking care of business, we're taking care of our homes, we're taking care of the pets, we're taking care of this. Then we're doing all these different things. So we're on this doing mode and we're doing the Christmas card and we're doing the this and we're, set, and we're setting up for this or making Halloween costumes or we're babysitting our grandkids or we're doing and doing and doing and doing. And then by the end of the day, it's like, oh, now we have to do self-care. And right. I have to measure and, and calculate and do all this. Like, who the hell has time or the energy? Self-care can't feel like work or we won't do it. Yeah. So to your point of like, one, you must meditate. Um, I always tell women, I love a hot bath to relax. But if that makes your skin crawl, the idea of getting into hot water and sitting there, don't do it. It's not going to work for you. Amen to that. <laughs> Oh, that is a riot. Um, and just like curious, how did you stumble into this niche, this career path? I think a lot of us end up in our specific health and wellness area because we have our own experience. And mine was being in my late 30s and being told that what I was experiencing couldn't be hormonal. But just in case it was, how about some birth control? 
And that did not sit well for me. That That's not a dig at birth control. I know that some women, it really alleviates their symptoms and, and it works for them. And it just wasn't the right fit for me. So I did my own research. I found there are sources, medical evidence-based sources out there for ways to use food movement and lifestyle to impact your hormonal health. And I started the trial and error process, had a really good results and said, oh, I got to share this. My background's education. I always love to share what I know and uh, started off just sharing with friends, decided to get certification after certification after certification. And now here I am. That's amazing. And tell me a little bit about your story as an entrepreneur. Um, it's, I feel like a, picking a coach, um, you know, I joke around like it's it's like picking a therapist kind of. Uh, it is. Or like even who you want to marry, right? You got to date around and find the find the right fit um, because if you have a fundamentally different value core basis, um, it's, I mean, this translates off of a lot of different industries and service professionals, but um, even for us as advisors, but what, how do you, um, how do you approach that? And um, have you had to essentially, like, have you had clients that you're like, you are not a good fit for me? And how have you kind of handled that conversation? All right, let me start back with my um, entrepreneurial experience. Um, it's a roller coaster. I think it's hard to be an entrepreneur. I think it's hard to be a solopreneur. Um, I've hired freelancers off and on um, in my journey. I've hired coaches off and on in my journey. The things that I found have really helped is being part of a business community, um, whether that's a small community with just one person or a bigger community. Um, I'm part of the Women's Business League. I, my chapter is the Neponset Valley chapter, and um, that has been really helpful because it's all women entrepreneurs that are living the entrepreneurial life. And so having those people around you that just get it is really helpful. Um, I like that you talked about shopping for coaches. I definitely have had um, four coaches um, that I would say were like specific to my industry. And then one coach who was more like a copywriting uh, coach. And I got something from all of them. Uh, the coaches I have right now are a um, husband and wife team and it's the best fit so far. Um, their names are Rosie and Rab Freha and they're um, outside of the US, but they're specifically coaches for coaches and healers and uh, that industry. So I feel like I'm getting a lot of their experience at, with and having both of them, they have the different, the feminine and the masculine energy together has been really helpful um, for my business. So that's that part of the entrepreneurial process. Um, the the clients that are not a good fit, I've been really fortunate. My um, that the reason I do 30 minutes to 60 minutes of a free session is to really try to get deep into, you know, is this a good fit um, for me? And I will even ask the woman at the end, do you feel like this is a good fit? I'm very direct um, because I think that's the best way to make sure that the coaching experience is, is as positive as possible. I love that. Have you ever kind of hit a point, um, like being a small business owner, as you mentioned, it's a roller coaster. Have you ever hit a point where you're like, that's it. 
I'm going back to teaching. I'm going back. I'm going to go get a nine to five or when is, have you ever hit a point where you want to throw the towel in? For sure. I don't think any entrepreneur would be like, no, I loved it every moment of every day. Um, There have been times where I've poked around um, on LinkedIn for health coach roles at bigger um, places of business, you know, working for someone else instead of for myself. I think it's easier to work for someone else. You know, you don't have to deal with the marketing. You don't have to deal with, you know, the big plan for growth. Like you just show up and you do your work and you do it really well and then you clock out. Um, owning a business, it can be 24-7. That's one of the lessons I had to learn. You, If you try to work 24-7, you will be unhappy, Kathy. And it seems like a no-brainer, but it's, you know, again, you can you could work 24-7 as an entrepreneur. Certainly didn't work You're, for me when I tried. Pretty sure we work 28-8. Pretty sure that's really what working hours are. Um, yep. uh, but yeah, you know, you're 100% right there. Um, how did you, how did you feel like you overcame that? Was it, um, did you have to put, I mean, I know I have to put boundaries on myself. If I do not tell myself, Ariel, you have to get up. You have to go eat. You have to go home now. Like you sure. have to go do these other things. Um, I won't, I will just stay in work. So how do you kind of put those, how did you create that balance for yourself? Trial and error. Sounds like you did too. A little trial and error there. Um, I have three dogs, so that helps with the needing to get up. They need to be let out. They need to be walked. It it does force me to do that. Um, So that is helpful. Um, I put things in my calendar that aren't work, that have to do with other people. So um, I'm a big tennis and paddle player. And so they're, you know, people are relying on me to show up. I have to show up for them. Um, So having that piece, and then I mentioned, you know, the community, whether that's the bigger community, like a Women's Business League, or, um, you know, I met somebody in a program I was doing and we just really connected. And so we make sure to touch base every few weeks, check in with each other, how are things going? offer each other support. It's just a half an hour, but it kind of disrupts any bad habits I might be forming because I'm comfortable enough with her to stay accountable to what's going well and what's not. Yeah. And I definitely think that's so important is having those other resources and support. Similarly, and and so you, you made such a good point too, like the vulnerability piece, like, um, you know, like my godmother always used to say, be a swan. Be beautiful and graceful on the top of the water and be paddling your ass off underneath. The- <laughs> Love that. That's amazing. And I 100% appreciate, you know, she worked her, She worked really hard. She was an amazing um, CPA, but, you know, it's just not about looking good all the time. You have to have somebody that you can, you know, be vulnerable with. Um, nobody's business is perfect. Nobody's home is perfect, uh, you know, and I think that there's culturally especially as women, we hold um, ourselves to such a high expectation. And I think, and maybe it's just my personal experience, I feel like so much of the weight of the results is we take so much that as a reflection of ourselves and how, how did it turn out? What did it, how did it go? So it is definitely hard to kind of play and balance those things out. And if you don't have a person you can be vulnerable with, whether that's a friend, a partner, a coach, a therapist, um, a business partner, a spouse, that you can really just get fully naked in front of a parent even. 
Um, you can get fully naked in front of and just say, okay, this is really what's going on in my life. It's a very, uh, it's a lonely road as an entrepreneur that way. It is. And I think you really hit the nail on the head with something you said, Ariel. We have this belief that we are our businesses. And I'm working really hard to separate that right now. I am not my business. My business is my business and I am who I am. And so really trying to separate those and not get any of my self-worth from the success or failure of my business um, is definitely a process that I'm going through now. And that's why I have business coaches and a therapist and an accountability partner and a spouse who I can talk to about this and a mom who's interested. I mean, you mentioned all those. I was like, yep, got that one, got that one, got that one. Because we're not meant to go it alone. Right. We're not. And I think it's funny um, what you just mentioned there too, because it is so, um, it doesn't have to be that way. Like it is hundred percent a choice. We don't need to, you know, it can be so much more than that. And it, it's so much more fulfilling as well. And, and how much you just even learn. Um, having these conversations, I mean, I genuinely was not introduced to anything at all in the holistic space until after my accident. Oh, wow. And I grew up as a single dad who's a Marine and a police officer who anything that was slightly woo was called witchcraft <laughs> and uh, super Italian. And then um, my three brothers, <laughs> my sister, who is, um, you know, she's 13 years older. So we had a little bit of space, oh. for us, but she is very tuned in and, and has. And especially during my recovery, she was an amazing resource for me on trying different things. Where should I go? And, and just opening the door to just some alternative practices was awesome. Um, she very rudely moved to Tennessee <laughs> um, after. So she's a little bit further away, but we do um, chat about it and things. Um, but it's just really opened my eye. There's so much more going on. There's so much more to the surface. We 100% aren't alone in that space. And it is really interesting. If somebody wanted to get a little bit more educated themselves on what's going on, do you have a resource, videos, book, course, something where if somebody just wanted to Maybe not. They're they're not um, perimenopausal or menopausal. They're not ready to start that coaching journey, but they want to educate. They want to also prepare themselves. What would you know a woman who's in her teens, twenties, thirties, forties, fifties do to get started? So um, there's a couple of things. I do have a course um, that is a it gives you a look of what's going on in perimenopause and then the hormones that are most at play and then food movement lifestyle changes you can make. So that's probably for a woman 35 and over that's just looking for information that would be helpful. Um, I also wrote a chapter for a book called The Arg to Zen of Perimenopause um, that they can get on Amazon. Um, that's a great resource. Um, and then, and again, I would give that 35 and up age-wise would be that right, kind of ideal. I think for women who are still that their bodies are still in those reproduction focused years. Um, I would look for books that are specific to your body's status and not that we're only reproductive or non-reproductive, but hormonally, that's what our body's working on. And so there's definitely a different way to nourish the 20 something year old body than the 40 something year old body. Um, for example, you know, when we're in our 20s, we do need more carbohydrates than we need when we're in our 40s. Um, and so 
there's going to be an amount shift there. But I'll bet you the source of those carbohydrates is best in both areas if it's more fruits and veggies than processed foods, breads, pastas, that kind of stuff. Do you ever recommend or have your clients do any hormonal testing? Oh, that's such a hot button topic in in my field. Um, There are people who swear by it and there are people who think it's a huge waste of money. So because of that, I don't come down really strongly. Anytime there's like that much of a divide in an industry with all these providers doing their best, I'm like, I'm sure they're both a little bit right. So there is an option to do something called Dutch testing and there are Dutch test providers. It is a urine and a saliva test. Um, blood testing for hormones tends to not be very helpful because it's testing what's in the blood, not what's in the cells. It changes day to day. So that's not really very uh, helpful um, in terms of like overall hormonal health. I'm interested in a woman's symptoms. So when a woman decides to work with me, I give her this hormone questionnaire and I ask her a lot of questions about, is this happening? Is this happening? Is this happening? And then I look at the pattern of her yeses in, from that questionnaire and have a good idea of what's going on hormonally in her body. Um, I don't require any sort of testing to confirm that. What I'm interested in is, okay, where did she start? Where is she halfway through the program? And where does she end in terms of those symptoms? Do you meet women who have a very hard time with that questionnaire? Like, am I experiencing this? Is is this even going on in my body? Because I know it it feels like until you have something that's making you focus. And again, going back to we're always we've got our hand at 50 other spinning plates going on. How hard is it or do you feel as though women have a hard time sitting down and saying, like, I haven't actually paid attention to my body in X amount of time? Like, what is actually even going on? Like, do you feel like women have a hard time answering those questions or are they just like it's so prevalent and or pronounced or it's such a big shift from how they felt maybe a year, six months, two months ago that it's just like, nope, circle, 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 circle. More the latter. And I have found that when women share about that experience, the common comment is, I didn't even pay attention to this symptom, but I kept saying yes to it in the questionnaire because there's repetition on purpose. Um, I kept saying yes to it on the questionnaire. An example would be joint pain. Joint pain is more common in midlife than hot flashes, but you don't ever hear about joint pain and nobody ever connects it to hormones. Um, And so they have this, again, validating experience of, oh my gosh, I I just thought this was because I'm getting older. I didn't think it could be hormonal. Um, And so it suddenly becomes part of the work. And, you know, the shifts we make, maybe they came to me because, you know, those hot flashes were so bad or they weren't sleeping, but the shifts we make also address that joint pain. And it's like, oh gosh, this is so, so, what a relief that what I'm doing is impacting not just the things that were really bothering me, but the things that I didn't even acknowledge as bothering me because I just thought that's how I had to live. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, what a breakthrough so many people feel like they must have after making some of those changes. They do. What do you feel like it's one of your biggest success stories or points that you, I know, uh, that you just felt the most proud or accomplished in your business? It's really gratifying when women's physical symptoms decrease or go away like that's a great experience 
When you enter into a one-to-one coaching relationship, though, there's going to be some sort of personal growth on a deeper level. And that's the part that's such an honor for me as a coach to be a part of. It differs woman to woman. I don't always know what we're going to get into as far as the work um, goes with that. But that is the part that is so rewarding um, because I think women inherently know where they need to grow. And suddenly they've given themselves permission, space, and time to do that. And their sense of self and um, their belief in how important taking care of themselves is by the end of our work is even better than the fact that they're not having hot flashes or they're sleeping again. Absolutely. Um, where, where where do you feel as though, or have you had to address kind of the line between coach and therapist? Well, um, I know I've actually even read an entire textbook on where that line is as somebody's financial advisor, because we get treated sometimes as the uh, marriage there, marriage counselor, um, or financial, you know, counselor. Um, so there's a point though where there's a that pendulum moment where it's like, all right, this is not this is a mental health, or this is um, a bigger. There's a bigger thing at play. Maybe it's eating disorders, or it's abuse that's going on, or other things that might come to the surface in this very vulnerable relationship that they're sharing with you. Um, how how do you navigate that and and do you have, I guess, is there a referral partner or resources you pass on those clients to? Yeah, I, for, for yes. The answer is yes, there are referral partners and there are situations that require that because it's outside of my scope. Part of being a board certified health and wellness coach is you go through this extensive training to understand your scope and what is outside of it. And again, because it is, um, because of the type of certification it is, it's in, essential that if I believe somebody needs additional support, I say, you know, I think that this support really needs to come in. Um, I'll explain to my clients kind of, you know, uh, broadly how therapy and coaching are different. And what I tell them is therapy, you're looking back and managing, you know, other things that have happened in your past. In coaching, we're looking at your present and what you want your future to be and we are making a plan for how you can get there. So it's very much forward momentum. Um, Sometimes part of that is talking about a relationship. That's really important. Um, And there can be a discussion around that in the coaching space that is truly coaching. So, okay, this is the presence of that relationship. Where do you want it to be? How can you take those steps? If something more serious comes up like an eating disorder or um, potential abuse, then we as board certified coaches are required to not only recommend that, but potentially to say, we need to pause our work. And once you have that support, we can re-begin our work. I love that. That's so supportive. And then also helping to kind of make that introduction Mm -hmm. uh, rather than just leaving somebody up to their own devices on finding (laughs) or or doing the next step can be hard. Um, So I love that. Um, Is there anything else that you feel like is uh, on those myths that you mentioned earlier that women just, they need to hear them right now. And women grab pen and paper. If you're driving, bookmark this section. Um, what are the top three, five, whatever most important things that women just definitely should know, but they probably don't? Um, well, there are a lot, but I kind of put it all together in this. One is that you're not alone. 
this is not just happening to you. It also is not because of your age or because you were born with ovaries. Those are not satisfying explanations for what you're going through and why. So know that those are misleading. They are a patriarchal society response to this um, and don't believe it. Uh, the second is that you don't have to suffer. So you get to choose whether you continue to just manage and try to power through this or you get help. Whether it's my help or somebody else's, there is help out there. Um, you know, maybe it may, it is a therapist help that's needed. Maybe it is a gynecologist help that's needed. There are menopause certified uh, doctors that you can look up, and so many of them are now online that you're not even just limited by, you know, somebody who's nearby. Um, so there is there is help out there. And the third thing is you are worthy of that help. You are worthy of the vision you have for yourself, whether that's in your health and wellness or in your relationships or in how you feel about yourself. You are worthy of the life that you want. Um, and if anyone tells you or gives you the impression that you're not, you need to gently escort them out of your life. I love that. Amen. <laughs> um, and what about um, any... Uh, well, I guess I could just kind of go down the path, but in, I know that you have this cool tool that you use as some of your coaching, um, but do you want to just kind of go over uh, and touch base on ACEs and what uh, that is and uh, just kind of maybe that pause moment that women can take to help to kind of get them to that next moment? For sure. Um, so there are a lot of things we can track to better understand our bodies. Our cycle is one. Um, I also encourage women to pay attention to their ACEs, which are your appetite, your cravings, your energy, and your sleep quality. Looking at those, and I'm not saying, you know, be obsessive about writing it down, but just taking note, taking a quick note in your phone, leaving yourself a quick voice memo, whatever it is, um, and just looking at that over a week, two weeks, three weeks, is going to give you a lot of information about how things are going. It's going to give you a lot of information about what's working for your body and what's not working because you're a smart human being. You will notice patterns. And if you need help with understanding how to support or rebuild a pattern, that support exists out there. That's amazing. And um, what we could probably just talk all day about this. I'm so excited um, but to have uh, met you and learned so much just from this conversation and so many others we have. Um, but I know you're also very local. So where is one of your favorite restaurants to go? So my favorite local restaurant for just kind of casual meeting up with friends is the James in Needham. They have an awesome outdoor space. They have live music sometimes um, and the food's good. That's awesome. And I just had um, I went to an event that was catered by the James just oh, like and it was fantastic. Um, oh, cool. Uh, with mushroom trouble risotto, like amazing. Yum. Um, <laughs> and then how about a local hidden gem that you like to enjoy? So I have to say French Press in Needham is my, I mean, I'm on a first name basis with everybody. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> That's fantastic. I don't think I've been there yet. I'm going to have to go pop by. Oh my gosh. We can meet there anytime you want. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Um, and then how about a, another local professional that you recommend? I want to recommend Katie Stallcup. You can find her at kstallcups, S-T-A-L-C-U-P, interiordesign.com. 
She is an awesome interior designer, helped me do all the paint colors and design for my house uh, when we renovated it. She's amazing. That's fantastic. And where could our listeners find you if they want to get in touch and book that first uh, free consultation? So head over to my website, Kathy with a K, Fritz, like my hormones are on the Fritz, coaching.com. Um, and everything is linked there. I have a free Facebook group where I do a training every week on some sort of hormonal issue. This week was on hormone replacement therapy, very hot topic when you're perimenopausal and menopausal. Um, and I even follow me on Instagram and um, yeah, set up that free session if you want right from my website. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Local Ventures podcast. Please don't forget to like and share this podcast with other members of our community and support all of our amazing small businesses. If you had a great experience with a business that services the towns of Medfield, Dover, Western, and Walpole, they don't have to actually have their business in that town, please go to localventurespodcast.com and nominate a business or register your own to be featured. We also have all of the contact information for Kathy Fritz Coaching that she just mentioned on and our previous guests on the website, as well as in the show notes. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Local Ventures Podcast to find out who our next guest will be and for some inspiring quotes. As always, shop higher and your local businesses first.